Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at the top of the page for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu under online edition, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're starting a, a new chapter, reading in Chapter 2, The Illusion of Separation, with uh, the introduction to The Illusion of Separation. Okay. And at the top of the hour, we will pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Uh, lesson 12, I am upset because I see a meaningless world. And that will be led by Fran again this morning. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to turn to you, Lori, and ask, do you have one of your wonderful noetic openings for the call? I'm really grateful you asked today, Lemoyne, because uh, this poem that refers to the inner radiance is something I'd love to share. It's from Paralyzed Hamadon in his book, Forty Prayers. The poem is called Your Beautiful Composure. Inside the noise my life makes, you live in silence. You make my body move, but you stay still. The sun climbs into the day and everyone gets busy, but you don't. Over there we're hurting each other. Over there we've left a mess. But you don't interfere. You're quiet like the air, always giving us another chance. Teach us the way you are, beloved. Your beautiful composure, this generous giving, the way you pour light everywhere just to see love grow in our gardens. Teach us to be like that, not asking for anything, sweeping the kitchen after the party, everyone home in their beds. Teach us, teach us to turn into you when no one's looking, when we see stars coming out of each other's bodies. Thank you for letting me read that. Thanks, Lori. Oh, that was so beautiful. Thank you, Lori. Oh, thank you, Lori. Thanks for doing that every day. Love it. Thank you. It's a joy to me. Yeah, thank you, Lori. Joy to you. Yes. 
Okay. So um, this morning, with us and reading, I have Lori, Fran, Jessica, Karen, Robin Marie, Jennifer, and Diana. With us and listening, I have Harrison and Lana. Is there anyone else who's joined the call would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning, Wendy's here. I'll be listening. Good morning, Wendy. Welcome. Thanks, good morning. All right. Um, I'll go ahead and get us started then in with the introduction to Chapter 2, The Illusion of Separation. <clears throat> this section deals with a fundamental misuse of knowledge referred to in the Bible as the cause of the quote-unquote fall or the separation. There are some definitions which I asked you to take from the dictionary which will be helpful here. They are somewhat unusual since they are not the first definitions which are given. <clears throat> Nevertheless, the fact that each of them does appear in the dictionary should be reassuring. Okay, and Lori? Um, let's see. Here we go. The Illusion of Separation, section one introduction. This section deals with a fundamental misuse of knowledge, referred to in the Bible as the quote-unquote... Oops, that's not right. This section deals with a fundamental misuse of knowledge, referred to in the Bible as the cause of the quote-unquote fall or separation. There are some diff definitions which I asked you to take from the dictionary, which will be helpful here. They are somewhat unusual, since they are not the first definitions which are given. Nevertheless, the fact that each of them does appear in the dictionary should be reassuring. Paragraph 2, project, as a verb, to extend out forward or out. Project, noun, a plan in the mind. World, a natural grand vision. Thank you, Lori. And Fran. To project, verb, to extend forward or out. Project, noun, a plan in the mind. World, a natural grand division. We will refer later to projection as related to both mental health and mental illness. We have already observed that man can create an empty shell, but he cannot create nothing at all. This emptiness provides the screen for the misuse of projection. Thank you, Fran. And Jessica... Okay. Uh, <clears throat> hold on a second. Got into the wrong place. Okay. Um, 
Okay, three. We will refer... Wait, is that the right place? Yeah, Yeah, three and four. Yeah. Yeah. We will refer later to projection as related to both mental health and mental illness. We have already observed that man can create an empty shell, but he cannot create nothing at all. This merely provides the screen for the misuse of projection. For the Garden of Eden, which is described as a literal garden in the Bible, was not an actual garden at all. It was merely a mental state of complete need lack. Even in the literal account, it is noteworthy that the pre-separation state was essentially one in which man needed nothing. The, quote, tree of knowledge, unquote, is also an overly literal figure. These concepts need to be clarified before the real meaning of the separation or the, quote, detour into fear, unquote, can be fully understood. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen? Four. The Garden of Eden, which is described as a literal garden in the Bible, was not an actual garden at all. It was merely a mental state of complete need-lack. Even in the literal account, it is noteworthy that the pre-separation state was essentially one in which man needed nothing. The quote-unquote tree of knowledge is also an overly literal figure. These concepts need to be clarified before the real meaning of the separation or the quote-unquote detour into fear can be fully understood. Five, to quote-unquote project as defined above is a fundamental attribute of God which he gave to his son. In the creation, God projected his creative ability from himself to the souls he created. And he also imbued them with the same loving will to create. The soul has not only been fully created, but has also been created perfect. There is no emptiness in it. Because of its likeness to its creator, It is creative. No child of God can lose this ability because it is inherent in what he is. But he can use it inappropriately. Whenever projection is used inappropriately, it always implies that some emptiness or lack exists and that it is in man's ability to put his own ideas there instead of the truth. Thank you, Karen. And Robin Marie, would you read 5 through 10? Okay. 5. To quote-unquote project, as defined above, is a fundamental attribute of God which he gave to his Son. In the creation, God projected his creative ability from himself 
to the souls he created, and he also imbued them with the same loving will to create. The soul has not only been fully created, but has also been created perfect. There is no emptiness in it. Because of its likeness to its creator, it is creative. No child of God can lose this ability because it is inherent in what he is, but he can use it inappropriately. Whenever projection is used inappropriately, it always implies that some emptiness or lack exists, and that is in man's ability to put his own ideas there instead of truth. Six, if you consider carefully what this entails, the following will become quite apparent. First, the assumption is implicit that what God created can be changed by the mind of man. Second, the concept that what is perfect can be rendered imperfect or wanting is accepted. Third, the belief that man can distort the creations of God, including himself, is accepted. Fourth, the idea that since man can create himself, the direction of his own creation is up to him, is implied. Thank you, Robin Murray. And... Jennifer, would you start with, uh, let's see, <clears throat> with the word, in paragraph five, the last sentence, whenever projection, dot, 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 and go through 11. Okay, thank you, Lamar. Whenever projection is used inappropriately, it always implies that some emptiness or lack exists, and that it is in man's ability to put his own ideas there instead of truth. Six, if you consider carefully what this entails, the, the following will become quite apparent. Seven, first, the assumption is implicit that what God created can be changed by, by the man, mind of man. Eight. Second, the concept that what is perfect can be rendered imperfect or wanting is accepted. Third, the belief that man can distort the creations of God, including himself, is accepted. Fourth, the idea that since man can create himself, the, <laughs> the direction of his own creation is up to him is implied. And 11? Sorry. These related to okay. the story. Okay. <laughs> 11. These related distortions represent a picture of what actually occurred in the separation. 
None of this has existed before, nor does it actually exist now. The world was made as, quote, a natural grand division, unquote, or a projecting outward of God. That is why everything that he created is like him. Projection, as undertaken by God, is very similar to the kind of inner radiance which the children of the Father inherit from, capital H, Him. It is important to know that the term, quote, projection outward, unquote, necessarily implies that the real source of projection is an internal this is as true of the Son as the Father. Pass. Thank you, Jennifer. And Diana, would you read 11, 12? Yes, uh, 11. The related distortions represent a picture of what actually occurred in the separation. None of this existed before, nor does it actually exist now. The world was made as, quote, a spiritual grand division, unquote, or a projection uh, outward of God. That is why everything he created is like him. Projection, as undertaken by God, is very similar to the kind of inner radiance which the children of the Father inherit from him. It is important to note that the term, quote, project, outward, unquote, necessarily implies that the real source of projection is internal. This is as true of the Son as of the Father. Twelve, the world in the original um, connotation of the term included both the proper creation of man by God and the proper creation of man in his right mind, but later acquired the endowment of man by God with free will because all loving creation is freely given. Nothing in these statements implies any sort of level involvement or, in fact, anything except one continuous line of creation in which all aspects are of the same order. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. And is there a new reader for 12 and 13? New reader for 12 and 13. Okay, back to you, Lori. The world, in the original connotation of the term, included both the proper creation of man by God and the proper creation by man in his right mind. The latter required the endowment of man by God with free will because all loving creation is freely given. Nothing in these statements implies any sort of level involvement 
or in fact anything except one continuous line of creation in which all aspects are of the same order. When the quote-unquote lies of the serpent were introduced, they were specifically called quote-unquote lies because they were not true or are not true. When man listened, all he heard was untruth. He does not have to continue to believe what is not true unless he chooses to do so. All of his miscreations can literally disappear in the quote-unquote twinkling of an eye because they are merely visual misperceptions. Man's spiritual eye can sleep, but a sleeping eye can still see. What is seen in dreams seems to be very real. The Bible mentions that a quote-unquote deep sleep fell upon Adam, and nowhere is there any reference to his waking up. Thank you, Lori. And Fran? 13. When the, quote, lies of the serpent, unquote, were introduced, they were specifically called lies because they are not true. When man listened, all he heard was untruth. He does not have to continue to believe what is not true unless he chooses to do so. All of his miscreations can literally disappear in the, quote, the twinkling of an eye because they are merely visual misperceptions. Man's spiritual eye can sleep, but a sleeping eye can still see. What is seen in dreams seems to be very real. The Bible mentioned that, quote, a deep sleep fell upon Adam, unquote, and nowhere is there any reference to his waking up. 14. The history of man in the world as he sees it has not yet been marked by any genuine or comprehensive reawakening or rebirth. This is impossible as long as man projects in the spirit of miscreation. It still remains within him, however, to project as God projected his own spirit to him. In reality, this is his only choice because his free will was given him for his own joy in creating the perfect. Thank you, friend. And Jennifer. Okay. Uh, 14? Oh, sorry about that. Okay. The history of man in the world... Hey, excuse me, he, Jennifer. Yeah. I meant to say Jessica. Okay, yeah. I'm I meant like, to say... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn. Sorry, Jessica. You go, girl. Um, Okay, 14. The history of man in the world, as he sees it, has not yet been marked by any genuine or comprehensive reawakening or rebirth. This is impossible as long as as man projects in the spirit of miscreation. It still remains within him, however, to project as God projected. His own spirit, oh, I'm sorry, um, it, is, it still remains within him, however, to project as God projected his own spirit to him. In reality, this is his only choice 
because his free will was given him for his own joy in creating the perfect. 15. All fear is ultimately reducible to the basic misperception that man has the ability to usurp the power of God. It can only be emphasized that he neither can nor has been able to do this. In this fact lies the real justification for his escape from fear. The escape is brought about by his acceptance of the atonement, which places him in a position to realize that his own errors never really occurred. When the, quote, deep sleep, unquote, fell upon Adam, he was in a condition to experience nightmares because he was asleep. If a light is suddenly turned on while someone is dreaming a fearful dream, he may initially interpret the light itself as part of his own dream and be afraid of it. However, when he awakens, the light is correctly perceived as the release from the dream, which is no longer accorded reality. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen? 15. All fear is ultimately reducible to the basic misperception that man has the ability to usurp the power of God. It can only be emphasized that he neither can nor has been able to do this. In this fact lies the real justification for his escape from fear. The escape is brought about by his acceptance of the atonement which places him in a position to realize that his own errors never really occurred. When the quote-unquote deep sleep fell upon Adam, he was in a condition to experience nightmares because he was asleep. If a light is suddenly turned on when someone is dreaming a fearful dream, he may initially interpret the light itself as part of his own dream and be afraid of it. However, when he awakens, the light is correctly perceived as the release from the dream, which is no longer accorded reality. 16. It is quite apparent that this release does not depend on the kind of quote-unquote knowledge which is nothing more than deceiving lies. The knowledge which illuminates rather than obscures, is the knowledge which not only sets you free, but which also shows you clearly that you are free. Whatever lies you may believe are of no concern to the miracle, which can heal any of them with equal ease. It makes no distinctions among misperceptions. Its sole concern is to distinguish between truth on the one hand and all kinds of errors on the other. Some miracles may seem to be of greater magnitude than others, but remember the first point in this course, that there is no order of difficulty in miracles.
Uh, thank you, Karen and Robin Marie. Sixteen. It is quite apparent that this release does not depend on the kind of quote-unquote knowledge, which is nothing more than deceiving lies. The knowledge which illuminates rather than obscures is the knowledge which not only sets you free, but which also shows you clearly that you are free. Whatever lies you may believe are of no concern to the miracle, which can heal any of them with equal ease. It makes no distinctions among misperceptions. Its sole concern is to distinguish between between truth on the one hand and all kinds of errors on the other. Some miracles may seem to be of greater magnitude than others. But remember the first point in this course, that there is no order of difficulty in miracles. 17. In reality, you are perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. These can be either from yourself and others, or from yourself to others, or from others to you. Peace is an attribute in you. You cannot find it outside. All mental illness is some form of external searching. Mental health is inner peace. It enables you to remain unshaken by lack of love from without and capable through your own miracles of correcting the external conditions which proceed from lack of love in others. Thank you, Robin Murray and Jennifer. Okay. 17. In reality, you are perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. These can be either from yourself and others or from yourself to others or from others to you. Peace is an attribute in you. You cannot find it outside. All mental illness is some form of external searching. Mental health is inner peace. It enables you to remain unshaken by lack of love from without and capable, capable through all your own miracles of correcting the external conditions which proceed from lack of love and others. Thank you, Jennifer. And Diana, if you'd like, uh, would you repeat 17? Yes, like 17. In reality, you are perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. These can never be, these can be either from yourself and others 
or from yourself to others, or from others to you. Peace is an attribute, attribute in you. You cannot find it outside. All mental illness is some form of external searching. Mental health is inner peace. It enables you to remain unshaken by lack of love from within and capable through your own miracle of correcting the external conditions which proceed from lack of love in others. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. And uh, we uh, we have a few minutes before the top of the hour. Um, <laughs> I this is this is not me. I feel pushed to, to suggest that that reading seventeen in the first person, you know, as the to offer it as an exercise that um, you could maybe do now. And I'm also instructed that, uh, you know, I've recently been studying a team and what it means to be a leader. So I guess that means I have to do it myself. So I'll do it. I'll read it here once and then we'll see where we go. All right, so I'm going to read 17 in the first person. In reality, I am perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. These can be either from myself and others, or from myself to others, or from others to me. Peace is an attribute in me. I cannot find it outside. All mental illness is some form of external searching. Mental health is inner peace. It enables me to remain unshaken by lack of love from without and capable through my own miracles of correcting the external conditions which proceed from lack of love in others. Okay, and... uh, I don't know. Anybody else want to want to have a go? Boy, I would. <laughs> I really would. If you would indulge me. In reality, I am perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. This can be either from myself and others, or from myself to others, or from others to me. Peace is an attribute in me. I cannot find it outside. All mental illness is some form of external searching. Mental health is inner peace. It enables me to remain unshaken by lack of love from without and capable through my own miracles of correcting the external conditions which proceed from lack of love in others. So it is. Thanks. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lori. 
Can I read it again? Oh, sure. Sure, Jennifer. Okay, it's Jennifer, 17. I'm excited. It looks like fun. In reality, I am perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. These can be either from myself and others or from myself to others or from others to me. Peace is an attribute in me. You cannot find it. Oh, whoops. (laughs) I, I cannot find it outside. All mental illness is some form of external searching. Mental health is inner peace. It enables me to remain unshaken by lack of love from without and capable through my own miracles of correcting the external conditions which proceed from lack of love and others. Thank you, Jennifer. Anyone else want to go before we turn to the lesson? I I, I would love that. Um, I would love to do that myself. In reality, I, I'm 17. In reality, I am perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. These can either come from myself or to others from myself to... Wow, okay. This is is tripping me up a little bit. Um, These can either... uh, Maybe give me a second to process this. These can either from myself and others, or from myself to others, or from others to myself. Peace is an attribute in me. You cannot find it. I cannot find it outside. All mental illness is from some form of external searching. Mental health is inner peace. It enables me to remain unshaken by lack of love from within and capable through my own miracles of correcting the external conditions which proceed from lack of love in others. I'm complete. Thank you. Beautiful. Amen. Well, the lesson is there, and we'll be there. Does anyone else want to go? (laughs) Okay, well, um, I ask you now to give your turn your 
give your attention to Fran <laughs> as she leads us in the lesson for the day. Lesson 12, I am upset because I see a meaningless world. Fran? Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on lesson 12. I am upset because I see a meaningless world. So I shall read the whole lesson, and then we will go and do our practice on the lesson. Okay. Lesson 12. I am upset because I see a meaningless world. The importance of this idea lies in the fact that it contains a correction for a major perceptual distortion. You think that what upsets you is a frightening world, or a sad world, or a violent world, or an insane world. All these attributes are given it by you. The world is meaningless in itself. These exercises are done with eyes open. Look around you, this time quite slowly. Try to pace yourself so that the slow shifting of your glance from one thing to another involves a fairly constant time interval. Do not allow the time of the shift to become markedly longer or shorter, but try instead to keep a measured, even tempo throughout. What you see does not matter. You teach yourself this as you give whatever your, guide, your glance rests on equal attention and equal time. This is a beginning step in learning to give them all equal value. As you look about you, say to yourself, I think I see a fearful world, a dangerous world, a hostile world, a sad world, a wicked world, a crazy world, and so on, using whatever descriptive terms happen to occur to you. If terms which seem positive rather than negative occur to you, include them. For example, you might think of a, quote, good world or a, quote, satisfying world. If such terms occur to you, use them along with the rest. You may not yet understand why these, quote, nice adjectives belong in these exercises. But remember that a good world implies a bad world, and a satisfying world implies an unsatisfying one. All terms which cross your mind are suitable subjects for today's exercises. Their seeming equality does not matter. Be sure that you do not alter the time intervals between applying today's idea to what you think is pleasant and what you think is unpleasant. For the purposes of these exercises, there is no difference between them. At the end of the practice period, add, but I am upset because I see a meaningless world. What is meaningless is neither good nor bad. Why then should a meaningless world upset you? If you could accept the world as meaningless and let the truth be written upon it for you, it would make you indescribably happy. But because it is meaningless, you are impelled to write upon it what you would have it be. It is this you see in it. It is this that is meaningless in truth. 
Beneath your words is written the word of God. The truth upsets you now. But when your words have been erased, you will see his. That is the ultimate purpose of these ideas. Three or four times are enough for practicing the idea for today. Nor should the practice periods exceed a minute. You may find even this too long. Terminate the exercises whenever you experience a sense of strain. Lesson 12, I am upset because I see a meaningless world. Five minutes.
Now I'm going to read the paragraph from the review of Lesson 12. I am upset because I see a meaningless world. Insane thoughts are upsetting. They produce a world in which there is no order anywhere. Only chaos rules a world which represents chaotic thinking, and chaos has no laws. I cannot live in peace in such a world. I am graceful, grateful that this world is not real and I need not see it at all because I choose to value it. And I do not choose to value what is totally insane and has no meaning. Lesson 12. I am upset because I see a meaningless world. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you so much, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. This reminds me, this lesson reminds me of when I was little, little girl, and I used to ask my parents, what are we doing here? What's going on? And I remember thinking, why are we here? And finally, I gave up because I realized that no one knew the answer, and I stopped asking. Mm-hmm. Now here, I'm learning the answer. I'm complete. That's beautiful, friend. Thank That's you. That's wonderful. Oh, what a glorious memory. Thank you. So why do we think we're here? What do we think we are? Who do we think we are? Those are great questions, friend. This lesson is um, a powerful reminder of what we think we are experiencing. It tells me that what my eyes are showing me is meaningless. That's a tough one to get your arms around when you're experiencing or think you're experiencing bodily pain or the effects of old age. When someone, especially someone you have affection for, is experiencing discomfort of any kind, physical, emotional, mental, 
if you watch the evening news and see what seems to be happening in the world, how can that be meaningless? One asks oneself. So this idea meaning this world engenders fear is a powerful reminder that I can see differently. I'm upset because I see a maintenance world. So it's important that I understand what a meaningless world is. And I started out by posing my mind, my eyes. And realizing that the meaningless world that I thought was there a world of pain, war, suffering, death, etc. only exists <coughs> in my mind. It's the only place it is. And if it only exists in my mind, I can change my mind. can wake up like Adam eventually did. When he woke up, he realized that the world of the serpent was only a dream. That he was still in the Garden of Eden and everything was provided to him. We are that Adam. Outside of but we have made the world to look like In truth, the world isn't fearful at all. It's not dangerous at all. Those are merely my thoughts. 
that I have placed on the world. I can simply change my thoughts. It's a pretty radical idea. I'll stop there. I'm complete. Oh, that was great. Thank you so much, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. That was lovely, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison. I I'm, I keep going back to uh, it's Robin Marie to the. Um, Adam fell into a deep sleep. And was that when supposedly the rib came out of Adam and made Eve? So that was a separation? I mean, that's the way I'm looking at it. There are two creation stories, and one is a separation. And the other uh, acknowledges that man and woman were created um, equal and, you know the same in that and so I'm wondering um, you know if that isn't a real problem because um, the patriarchy is so strong in some cultures especially in ours I believe it's uh, it tries to take over and it doesn't give um, doesn't realize that woman also has everything she needs, <laughs> that God created us, that we have everything we need, and so has created this seeking for something to fill a need that doesn't really exist in God's world. So anyway, that was just a thought that came to me. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing, Robin Marie. Very interesting. Yeah, thank you, Robin. That is so interesting, yes. Robin Marie. Um, yeah, oh, Lamorne, did you want to share? Oh, I, I was going to thank her, maybe say something. Oh, okay. go ahead. Okay. Um, I, I think when, when God created, and this is just my take on it, you know, um, could be totally wrong, but when God created Adam, I think it refers in the Bible that um, uh, God says that you should give him a partner or mate. So I think in, in truth, both Adam and Eve... Um, were equal in each other's eyes and certainly in God's eyes. And when Adam fell asleep, we literally are experiencing or part of Adam's dream. And that's why um, uh, we're all trying to wake up together. <laughs> um, and, and in that dream, 
the idea, at least in our human story, the idea of equality sort of fell by the wayside and uh, everyone sort of um, seeks to fill that empty space. It feels as black. Uh, so initial creation, we are, we are still equal in truth. We are all equal sons of God. But within this dream of Adam, we're not equal in our humanity. You know, everyone um, sees itself and sees others at different levels. And um, that all comes from their individual perception of the world they seem to be in. So um, like anything else, one is true and uh, the other is uh, within the dream is a misperception of the truth, a distortion of the truth. But fortunately, it doesn't change the truth of who we are yeah. as, one, as one equal son of God. I'm complete. Thanks for mentioning that. Thank you. Thanks. Um, to me, the dream is that we're separate from God. We fell asleep. We dreamt we were separate from God. We, we dreamt we were separate from each other. We dreamt that we had needs, which we never have. Um, and we're dreaming this world, um, which I'm upset because I see a meaningless world. I felt I'm upset because the world is so terrifying. Someone's not muted. I am upset because I see a hate world. And I am upset because I see such a mean world. That's all ego mind. Ego mind shouting the world. It's so beautiful in this reading this morning how, how it describes creation. God extended himself. He projected himself in man. And man became like him. And then man was given his attributes, which means he has the, the potential to create like God. Not the miscreations of, or positive miscreations, which we were reading about the other day, which are distorted, which is how the, the, world, the, the world of man was created. It even was beautiful how it said the natural uh, world is this beautiful, perfect extension. Um, but in any event, going back to Adam and Eve, and Adam fell asleep when he felt guilty, when he felt like he had to hide from God, when he felt like God was going to be angry at him, when he projected his anger, you know, his own uh, ego emotions on God and became separate. That's the sleep. And that's why we haven't woken up yet not in a meaningful way, not in a collective way, um, which is what we're all waiting for, supposedly, I guess. You know, but um, I had this thought of uh, something that I was trying to work through on the earlier call about being triggered and stuff like that. And it's like, when we're in, when we're in our Holy Spirit identification, the alignment to the Holy Spirit then the external world is going on around us, but we don't we don't get triggered. We don't get identified with it. We can kind of observe it and, you know, 
note that something's going on, but it's not our real home. It's not our reality. We know our truth is our oneness with God and our oneness with the, with the, um, the source energy in every single person and every single thing, which is, you know, the divine flowing through everything. So it's like taking the whole story with a grain of salt. Like on some level, you're kind of aware of it. But when you feel separate from God, ego identified, then the world is a very scary place and we have all these needs that have to be met. And this lesson is inviting us to recognize that that that's just a manifestation of the ego mind. And um, I was thinking about being triggered and I was triggered yesterday and it's an, and Reverend Pam said, go beneath the trigger. And after the call, I felt like all this stuff popped up that I had totally not given any um, attention to in my mind at all. And, and I was at the ashram and there were people and they were really acting out and they were people that lived in the ashram and they were like the spiritual people. And the stuff that was going on was just really making me crazy because it was inconsiderate and selfish and my ego mind was labeling all of that. But if I had been in my right mind, I would have just laughed and said, this is a Leela. <laughs> this is a test. I don't have to buy into this as, as truth. You know, I can just not be identified with it and not be plugged into it. But instead, I just kept amping up all these negative emotions and walked away with all this negative stuff that was never again seen in the light of day. Anyway, bottom line, um, I'm upset because I see a meaningless world. If I'm looking in the, in the place where my ego is filled with fear and judgment and labeling, and history, and past reference points, and past associations, and fear of the future, if it's on the foundation of fear, then it has a big story. But if I'm in this Holy Spirit, and the self-identification with truth, if I'm really feeling my oneness with the divine, and with all of life, not a separate body, not a wall of flesh around, you know, a certain number of pounds of something. But when I'm really in my holy self, the part of my mind, the ego part that talks all the time, the commentator, isn't even there. It isn't even going to write on the, on the page what's going on. It's just going to be in beingness. And beingness is, in, is like another uh, kind of quality of love. Um, anyway, that's enough of that. Thank you so much for letting me share. That was beautiful, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. This is Harrison. I just want to be... Um, to about something I believe here, and that is that 
God did not create a garden of Eden. God did not create Adam and Eve as separate entities. God did not create bodies. Those are all separation ideas. God has a thought that he had a son, an extension of himself, an idea in his mind. And that thought was like him in every aspect. That thought could create like him. And how did God create? By extending himself as a thought. We create by extending ourselves as a thought. Idea, and we can miscreate. Unlike God, we can miscreate by ending, extending thoughts that are unlike God, that are unloving. Those that thought gave rise to the world we think we see, which in truth, as today's lesson says, is absolutely meaningless. It doesn't exist. It's a difficult concept for us because it's ours and we want to hold on to it and we want to fix it and we want to make it right. The world as we have extended it from it is the result of an idea for what we see that is unlike God it's a meaningless world there's no way we can make it, but I think most of us would like to make it. We'd like to make the world a nice place. But it comes from an idea 
that is a faulty idea so that it results in this world that reflects the past sickness that all of the things that none of us want. But the basis of this world is such that that's the way it has to be. And the only way we fix it is by letting go of the idea of a world. And my understanding, of course, is that that's what it's asking us to do. This world we see is meaningless in and of itself. And a meaningless world does not exist. It never existed. In the world of Adam and Eve, as told by the Bible, is meaningless world Thank you, Harrison. That makes me look forward to Lesson 14 where he says God did not create a meaningless world. Thank you very much. Yeah, I agree. Thank you Thank for you, Harrison. Harrison. Thank you. Lori again, and uh, I, I, I love paragraph eight in today's lesson. What is meaningless is neither good nor bad. Why then should a meaningless world upset you? If you could accept the world as meaningless and let the truth be written upon it for you, it would make you indescribably happy. And um, I, I was, um, I was, I, you know, this my experience uh, of accepting the miracle of atonement was a number of years ago. And uh, after I did, I I was indescribably happy uh, for a number of years. And and I never. Um, I, I was never in contact with the Course in Miracles community, so I wasn't familiar with a lot of the uh, a lot of the language around um, 
around meaningless world. Uh, I just knew that when I opened my eyes, I loved everything. <laughs> and that's uh, to me the gift of accepting the atonement for myself. So when I read uh, today's today's um, section, um, I was really open to the gift in it. And, and the first thing I noticed was in paragraph three, where he said, man can create an empty shell. Man can create an empty shell. And, and wait now, wait now. We talked about that in the miracle principles. And what did he say about that? So I went back and I looked. And, and there it is right there in miracle principle number 33 where he gives us this idea that miracles honor man because he is lovable. They dispel illusions about him and perceive the light in him. Oh, proper creation of man by God and proper creation of man in his right mind and um, the children of God have this inner radiance. Aha, he says. Perceive the light in him. They thus atone for his errors by freeing him from his own nightmares. They release him from a prison which he has imprisoned himself and by freeing his mind from illusions, they restore his sanity. Man's mind can be possessed by illusions. But his spirit is eternally free. Here it is. If a mind perceives without love, it perceives an empty shell and is unaware of the spirit within it. But the atonement restores the soul to its proper place. And the mind which serves the spirit is invulnerable. Here's that mind as an instrument for reality testing again. And if I'm if I'm allowing my mind to serve spirit and experience this invulnerability and this lovableness and this honor and this light within, um, I am not involved with an empty shell. My problem is losing access to all of that by believing lies that I'm not lovable, uh, that God is to be feared, that shame is a real thing. Uh, by believing those lies, I make for myself an empty shell, all because of this fear and emptiness and lack of access to my soul. Um, this is, of course, in knowing yourself. And uh, when I know myself, it will tell me of capital itself. In the presence of that correction, accepting that correction of my mind's errors, this empty shell that I made 
is now filled with truth and love and light and and what can I see as a consequence of that I have no need to project error onto an empty cell that I made of fear I can allow truth be written on it for me and become indescribably happy when my split mind is healed this problem just as he delineates it in paragraphs 6 7 8 9 and 10 this split mind can be healed and and when it is um, my belief in an empty shell upon which I have to write meaning uh, is resolved and just like he says in paragraph 13 I do not have to continue to believe all this untrue stuff I don't have to um, I'm, I'm the one who believes in this prison and I'm the one who believes in the empty shell and I'm the one who believes in fear and I'm the one who believes in lack of love that caused all this when the atonement corrects this error what is the atonement he says but perfect love and perfect love casts out fear I made the fear perfect love casts out the fear and I no longer have need to let my mind be an empty shell man can be filled with soul and be indescribably happy I'm complete oh thank you Lori thanks for that oh that is beautiful Lori thank you so much thank you Lori gorgeous Thanks, Lori. This is Wendy. And I'm the one that thinks that there aren't very many of us waking up. Maybe I could turn that around to everybody has woken up. I just haven't woken up yet. <laughs> I'm complete. Oh, Wendy. Well, that is stunning. That's, <laughs> that is stunning. I'll tell you what. And, Later on in chapter, I think it's 31, paragraph 75, he says, Behold your role in the universe. You have a role in the salvation, especially entrusted into your care are the holy ones. Behold your role in the universe. To you, God has entrusted you to be a savior to the holy ones, especially entrusted into your care. Isn't that beautiful? Um, it's a beautiful reflection of what you just said. Thank you. Yeah, that is beautiful. Thank you, Lori. I couldn't find where I put my phone down. This is Diana. But, uh, thank you for uh, really clarifying this lesson, Lori, and... Um, making these pages become more alive. Um, I'm seeing I'm seeing this a little differently today, so thank you. 
Oh, that's marvelous, Diana. Thank you. And this work again, I feel compelled to add that uh, in Chapter 12, uh, he talks about this twinkling of an eye, misperception disappear. And and he talks about all this stuff that um, I wrote in the empty shell that was mistaken. And, and he makes a real clear point. It's in Chapter 12, Paragraph 16. I don't have it open right now, but in my memory, it's beneath all this that you wrote upon the world is the loving mind that made these projections in anger. And when the hurt in that mind is healed, the hurt in that mind is healed, um, all of that disappears. But he acknowledges that we're not bad, we're not um, we're not crazy. We're not. We have a loving mind that made illusions in anger, and um, and I find that really um, I I just find that really embracing, you know. That yeah, I made really bad mistakes, and I I misperceived a lot of stuff, and I attributed um, through projection a lot of blame on the world and on people and circumstances and situations, not realizing that um, as a consequence of losing touch with the truth of me, um, I was frightened and didn't know what was going on anymore. I became insane and losing access to my right mind um, as a consequence of all this um, all this seeming lack of love I projected. Um, he wants me to know that beneath all that was the loving mind that misperceived and projected because of anger. We're not designed. Uh, you know, the soul, the truth of us, is not designed to live without love. We're not designed for that. We're designed for loving, created in the image and likeness of our Creator, projecting the inner radiance of the children of God. You know, that's what we're created for. And without being in our natural environment, um, we lost access to our right mind. It never went away. You know, that's why the twinkling of an eye can resolve it all. Just seemed important for me to add that. I'm complete. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Hi, it's Karen. I just had this little itty-bitty thought to share. Um... For the last week or so, I've had a really hard time waking up in the morning. I don't sleep so well, so then by when the alarm goes off, it's like, oh, could I have 10 more minutes? Oh, could And I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I just want to sleep. 
And this morning that happened, and I just thought, that's my ego. My body isn't... My body isn't talking to me. (laughs) My body isn't evaluating me. You know, it doesn't have any agency. It doesn't have any consciousness. It's my ego mind. And I jumped up out of bed, and I felt great. And, of course, that's just a little example of how, if I could only remember to apply that to everything. You know, when that whiny little ego voice goes off, it's like, oh, that's not the mind of God. That's not what I want to attune to. I'm complete. Oh, thanks for that. Love it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. What do you think, Lemoyne? Yeah, Lemoyne, jump in here. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate uh, the attempt to not do the next few lessons, but to get the context that, yeah, that in 13, a meaningless world engenders fear because it's undependable. And uh, then in 14, God did not create a meaningless world. And, you know, this is, This goes to, uh, you know, we're lost, and we've been lost for a while. We may have gotten used to being lost, you know. There are people who, released from prison, struggle with the outside world because they they need now need the structure that was given. And... Uh, even to the point of committing crimes purposefully, not not like really harming people, but just doing something that will get them put back in prison <clears throat> where there is a structure given. Um, that's not where I intended to go, but I think this is part of... This is... Uh, it's uh, part of... part of what comes from the misunderstanding that it's still the the remnant belief that because I see a world that isn't aligned at all with the actual 
world that was made as a projection of God, um, that that world, you know, they need protection from it. It's still, this is the, the partial escape. It can just lead to recreating it. But, <clears throat> you know, the way they, the landmark adapted this, I, I think could be useful. They say, and they used life instead of the world, and I broke with them over that. But so to, the way they extend it is to say, would be without changing world for life. It would be to say, you know, the world is empty and meaningless. And that it's empty and meaningless that it's empty and meaningless. I mean, if, it's, if the world I see, this I think is the point he's trying to get across, that we're seeing things, and I, and I thank you, Lori, for, for saying the thing. You know, we create the empty shell, and now there's no, in, in our separation, now we've lost meaning. And so we seek for it outside, but what we get, what we've created is this empty shell. So what we see is what we project on, try to project on the outside, but it's really just held there in this mirror ball and reflected back to us. And, you know, to really let it all go is to recognize that... Um, if all that's empty and meaningless, it's it's empty and it's it doesn't mean anything about me that I did this. That was just an error. It just calls for correction and not judgment or fear that you know about continuing to do it again. It's just that doubling down that kind of locks the door and keeps us. You know, self con too self-concerned. If the world's created is in unity, is a in one extension of God, then it's not up to me to decide what it is. And uh, <clears throat> you know, what is true is not threatened, and if I am obviously not seeing it well, then the real the real thing is, like the Course says over and over again, just trying to get you to be aware of your blocks so you can let them go. And then you begin to see, the, you know, like it says, let go of what I believe so that I can see the Word of God written on it. And then... You know, then the meaning is given, and it's not up to. Um, it's not going to be decided by any conflict or contest in the, within this world um, <clears throat> that I see from a projection of my own fear within separation. You know, what I've seen is empty and meaningless, and it's empty and meaningless that it's empty and meaningless. It's just, it's just illusion. <clears throat>
and to judge myself for having made many, 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 many errors is is just to, just to make it worse, really, perhaps. Or it's certainly not the waking up that is asked for and offered. <clears throat> I think the, you know, I'm, the emphasis on 17 is, you know, I, I think the, the, you know, what the purpose of the course is, is to restore us to peace or mental health. Yeah, so all mental health, all mental illness is some form of external searching. M- mental health is inner peace. The world's not made up of parts built up, you know, real meaning, what's true, is never really threatened. It's always there. And uh, you know, I just need to let go of my frantic scrabbling against the box that I projected around myself. And um, then, you know, life can flow through me. And life itself is not empty and meaningless. It's the, the world I see that's empty and meaningless. And it's empty and meaningless. <laughs> it's empty and meaningless. <laughs> because that's what empty and meaningless means. Anyway, um, I think the way, you know, this is getting to the point that the way to escape from illusions quit believing them and fighting them makes them real so it's like my hands are still cramped around some of those leaves but I'll let them go anyway thanks for asking I'm complete anyone else want to share before we no, wait a minute. We're just trying to take in what you said. That was so much um, truth and everything. Thank you for your clarity on this lesson. Yes, thank you, Lemoyne. I, you know, this is Lana. I, I just wanted to, you know, add uh, one thing, um, which uh, kind of keeps me, uh, or contributes to my peace, and 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 this whole creation story um, you know I I hold it as uh, there's a a realm of experience existence I should say there's a realm of experience of existence that is true it's love um, eternal unchangeable always there for me to exist within it and that realm of love was given to us by God and there's uh, and you can call it world you can call it whatever you want but this there's a realm another realm of existence which we made which is a realm of fear it's an existence of um, a miscreation a misinterpretation of um, of love of this realm of existence where only peace abides where any joy exists 
And that's the realm that God intended for us to exist within. And, um, you know, he tells us that um, nothing unreal exists. There's only love. So if I'm seeing or perceiving or experiencing something unlike love, you know, that ju- that's just the error of my perception. I've never lo- left the Garden of Eden or the realm of love and peace. And um, the only thing that prevents me are these uh, miscreations that I've made to block my awareness to it or of it or joined in it. You know, Jesus came and dwelled within this realm of fear in order to awaken us to our true home in heaven. And, you know, heaven is but a state of mind, um, as Jesus tells us here. But Jesus always also tells us we're here to save the world, you know, the world that God made or God created and gave to us, a place or a state of mind where peace and joy abides. And the whole motivation for the Course in Miracles, he tells us, is the attainment and the sustaining of a state of peace. And like Glory was, was sharing, you know, we, we start this first and foremost by accepting the atonement for ourselves, accepting the truth as being true. And anything outside of love is not real. Anything outside of love is a distortion um, or an illusion that I've made to hide it and it goes it goes back to that fundamental unconscious fear of God and the fear of knowing oneself um, and that's healed through forgiveness you know and and forgiveness is such a powerful tool to um, in dismissing or vanquishing anything that would block the awareness of the love of who we are, who God is, who our brothers are, and what this realm of existence actually means. We don't have to give meaning to it other than the fact that it has all meaning in God and love and truth. So it's just a journey of remembering. It's it's like we're... Um, Awake to awake within the dream, and that means we still seem to walk within this world, knowing the truth, and we, it becomes more real to us the more that we integrate the truth into our everyday lives. And like Jesus says, "I'm here to represent He who sent me," and. Um, and I think that's what we all we all are here for. And the more we do it, the more our behavior and existence is a representation of the truth. The more experiences, you know, I can have of the truth. And the more experiences I have of the truth, validates the truth within my mind and within my journey of of this. Um, 
<laughs> journey back to love. You know, it's it's like we're here to find love where love seems not to be, but it, that's only a seems to be. It doesn't mean love's not here. It just means it's hidden from my sight by the blocks. Like Lemoyne say, says, by the blocks I've put it in front of it to hide it. So um, it is a, a journey of undoing, not doing. And, um, and I can always find that when I make the choice for it, that choose once again option <laughs> that's so critical to um, returning to truth. Um, so anyway, um, I'm complete. I just wanted to share that. Thank you for listening. Oh, so many touchstones. Thank you, Lana. Oh, amen to that. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, guys. And thank you for your clarity there, Lynn. Thank you, Lemoyne. Good morning. This is Jennifer. I hope I can... Is there time for a relatively short share, Lemoyne? Sure, sure. All the time okay. in the world. So, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Good morning, everyone. This is Jennifer. Um, <clears throat> so what really caught my attention uh, in this read was in 17, um, getting tripped up on uh, the sentence. Um, I'm going to read the sentence before. Peace is an attribute in me. I, and I'll when I was cruising through the par- paragraph, I said, you cannot find it outside. And really, I meant to say I. And I thought, oh, wow. And, and I noticed um, that happened for someone else as well. And I thought, wow, this is, this is you know, showing me um, what, I'm, what I want to remember, where the healing is from my mind. Um, from insanity to peace. And I, I had cr- going through my head, because I have a creative mind, I started thinking about the Grinch who stole Christmas and the Grinch coming down the hill and bagging up everybody's Christmas, this, Whoville, that. And when Cindy Lou Who comes out and in her innocence, she asks him, why? Why would you why would you take the tree or whatever it was in that line <clears throat> in the picture story? And I thought, Oh, you know, the Grinch, we all have a Grinch and we all have a Cindy Lou Who in, in us, you know. And I uh so to speak, I like to see things in story. And uh so so that innocence within me if it can ask the part of me, you know, why, why are you reaching outside of you for peace? And I really feel like 
that's an act of willingness. And in that point, in the asking the question, in any given situation, me projecting or um, taking on guilt or someone else's problem or reaching for something outside of me to fulfill this feeling of lack or uncomfortability, irritation, whatever, asking the question, um, the Holy Spirit will guide that innocent part of me and answer the question. And, um, and the other thing, too, I wanted to say, I have a real resistance to structure. My mind needs a lot of structure, just like, I don't know if just like the people in jail, but I, I can't say that I'm any different. So with structure is a lot of peace in my life. So anyways, with that, I'm complete. Thank you for letting me uh, share my what's in my mind. Thank you, Jennifer. That's a really nice way to put um, your understanding. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jennifer. And I just want to say one more thing, guys. Sorry. If you notice in the story, that little question he thought about and then as the story went on, shortly, his heart grew, grew, and grew. That's every heart on this planet. So every heart that's unconscious in whatever degree or conscious, we all have already been saved. We just have to remember, just like the Grinch, I'm complete. That's so sweet. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. I think uh, it's, uh, I just want to go back to that first sentence. Peace is an attribute in, I'll say us, <laughs> you know. And sure, sure enough, some structures may foster it, but we don't need to make it. It's more like we just need to accept that <laughs> there's a line in, uh, in one of these. I think it's in the Course in Miracles, actually. It's <clears throat> the way the way to escape from whatever, or whatever adjective, you know, the way to escape from a perilous world is to realize you're not in it. And that that um and the recognition of just how much we project out on the world 
is, uh, again, it's not a cause for more judgment or fear, but to allow the recognition that, yeah, as another lesson says here coming up, I could see peace instead of this. Anyway, I'm complete, and thank you all for sharing. I'll go ahead and end the recording here. Um, thank you all for reading and sharing, and I'll see listen in the future. I'll end the recording, but not the call. And on we go.